Yes, guys, welcome back to another episode of The Winner's Circle brought to you by Grande Sports Training. Today we have a very special guest, professional, professional women's player playing in Club Deportivo Femarguin in yes. Spain, Aleja Sanchez. How are you doing today, Aleja? I'm awesome. Uh, thank you for having me on here today. It's no, going to be a lot of, of fun to chat. Of course. Thank you for joining us today. How's life out in Spain? Uh, well, I'm currently on an island. It's called Gran Canaria, and it's off the coast of Africa, but it's considered Spain. Um, but life here is pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, the weather's sunny, the water's nice and chilly, the mountains are nice and green. You know, it's a good time. Love it. I mean, the second that you mentioned island, it sounds like paradise right off the bat. That That's it is. awesome. So... Apart from playing over there, you're enjoying the nature and everything around. How has the transition been from living here in the States to now living over there? So I come from a very similar climate. I come from Miami. So the transition in that aspect has been pretty easy because it's sunny here, you know, uh, it's warm. Uh, and also, my brother's also playing football professionally over here on the island. Very nice coincidence. So that really has also helped with the transition. You know, it's not beautiful. So, I don't know, alone, you know, it's, it's a big step. You know, I've never really been to Europe, and this is my first stop. And uh, it's been a smooth transition, to say, thankfully. Awesome. awesome. And the culture, do you find any similarities in the culture over there? Yeah. To be fair, uh, the Canarian culture is very similar to the South American culture, Venezuelan culture to be exact. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's very, I would say like the Hispanic culture, very warm, very open, very value, moral based, you know, respect. It's, it's, it's a nice place to be, I'd say. I, it, I definitely feel like I'm at home here. Are you, are, is your family from uh, Venezuela? Are you from Venezuela? I, no, my family's Colombian, so okay. neighboring countries. Okay, okay. So South American background. Were you born in the States or were you born in Colombia? Uh, Colombia. Colombia. What part of Colombia? Uh, Bogota, and I was raised in Medellin. When did you start playing soccer? Did you start playing soccer in, in Medellin? No, I actually started playing soccer in the States. I started when I was around 10 years old. Uh, I grew up in Doral, which is in South Florida. Uh, I would say like 20 minutes west of Miami, like the city. And at the time when I started, there was no girls, girls team. So this other girl whose name is Alejandra and I, we just went in and we started training with guys. And then from there, they formed a girls team. And, you know, that's where my career started <laughs> at 10, 11 years old as a footy player. And what was the number one thing that attracted you to the sport? If I'm being really honest, my motivation was I saw a movie, She's the Man, you know, with Amanda Bynes. And I was like, I want to try it out. I remember I was in, in like, I was taking dance classes. <laughs> and I told my mom from one day to the next, I'm like, I want to play soccer. And they put me in soccer. And I don't know, I think what attracted me was the fact that it's, it's so high pace, you know, it's high energy. It's a contact sport. It's a team sport, you know. It's, it's a lot of fun, and I believe it, it taught me a lot of the lessons that I know today. So I'm grateful for that aspect. So once you started playing soccer, did you feel that you had lots of support from people around? 
yeah. I mean, at 10, 11 years old, my parents were really all the support that I needed and they were all in with it. So I was grateful in that aspect to have that support system. At what age did you start playing competitively? At 12, they brought in a coach and girls from Miami Lakes, which is another team in South Florida. And we made a competitive team. And then that's where the competitive, I played one year recreational and then the next year, myself and Paula Quintero, who you've also interviewed, we were chosen and we were, we made part of the competitive team, travel team. What would you say the biggest difference was making that jump from a recreational competition to actual competitive competition? What was the biggest like standout for you? Um, honestly, the competitive aspect of it, you know, we weren't just playing for fun on Sundays anymore. It was, it was like for something bigger. That's what it felt like. And it's like more of a drive, I would say. Do you feel that you've always been a competitive person? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly, I feel being born as a Colombian, as a South American, it's like in my blood. <laughs> and my parents are also very strict. And so it's... It transferred from school and at home to on the field, I would say. Do you think, how do, how do you think you got that competitive nature? Do you think you were you know, exposed to it um, as a young girl within your family? Did you see it or it was just naturally always in you? What do you think it was? I feel like it was a mix of both. I feel like uh, to be competitive, you have to kind of have some of that nature in you, but definitely I saw it in the example of my parents. Uh, as I said, they're both, they're like very strict and they always push us in all aspects to be the best that we possibly can be. My dad always says, it's like, if you're going to be a shoe cleaner, be the shoe cleaner for the president. You know what I mean? Be the best shoe cleaner you can be. So I think with the example of my both, my parents are both professionals. My father's a pilot. My mother is a, an engineer, a computer engineer. So it's like, they both just always instilled that be better mentality. And I feel like with that mixed that mixed in with what I have in me, I feel for me the formula for being competitive and you know wanting to be better. <laughs> no, that, that's awesome because I, I think a lot of kids at a young age they it's either they're very competitive or they they just don't like it, you know. Yeah. And and not being exposed to that constantly it, it, it takes you know you can you can you realize that you know now mm -hmm. as an adult you can see. And, and watch these kids and be like, oh, these kids, they don't got it. They're not competitive. Yeah. They're just playing yeah. fun. They just want yeah. to be in it because it's cool at the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. Then there's those other kids that, you know, they give it their all. They're, they're hustling. Mm -hmm. They're working their butts off and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So after you started playing competitively, uh, mm -hmm. how, long, how long were you in that com uh, competitive team? So um, what age? It was around the age of... 12 I would say I was there for a year it was their all soccer club and then AC Milan they came in and they took over the club and I was there for one more year with uh, AC Milan being the club and then from there I went to Kendall Soccer Collision which is another team in South Florida and I was there for about like three four years which is where I feel like I really developed as a player that's where I think um yeah, my my skills as a player were really like honed and and developed. <laughs> and my last two years, uh, I played from like seventeen to eighteen. My my last two seasons, I played in Pinecrest Premier, another club in South Florida. What would you say was your biggest strength 
as a as a soccer player during that time? Because later we're gonna go down the road, and you know I'm gonna ask you about now. What do you okay. think was the biggest strength for you back in that that time? Honestly, my biggest strength was how disciplined I was with the sport. You know, at the age of 15, I was playing U18. And so I was honestly training every day, even when my team wouldn't practice. Like I remember we would practice, I think, Monday and Wednesdays. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would be training with a guy's team. And it's like, it's like all I would do is eat, breathe, think soccer, you know? And I think that itself, like that love, I would call it, that love for the sport is what drove me to be so disciplined and motivated. And um, I say, I think that's, that would be my biggest strength at the time, the discipline. On the field, I'd say how aggressive I was <laughs> as a center back. <laughs> and why do you think, why do you think that was? I think, I mean, going back to what you told me about, you know, your dad instilling that, you know, trying to be the best at everything. I think that kind of rubbed off on you now more as a teenager, trying mm -hmm. to be the best player you can be, training with older people, training with the guys when you have it off with the girls and just training every day. Cause I, I mm -hmm. think that's interesting. I think it's, it's interesting that when you're training, you can train every now and then, but when you really, really want it, it's like, mm -hmm. you just go, you just black yeah. out and it's autopilot. You just want to do this and that's it. That's it. That's it. Was there ever a time during that period that you were like, you not not take your foot off the gas pedal, but kind of like yeah. fiddling with the idea of kind of slowing down or something. Slowing down and then maybe realizing this is what I want to do. This is it. Is it was there ever a time that you know it just kind of switched on? Because there's one thing. There's one thing of training and and you know wanting to be the best, but then there's another mm -hmm. thing of like, no, this is this is going to be my my job. This is what I want to do. Yeah. When when did you realize that? So, to be fair, I realized that last summer, that I wanted this to be my job. Because okay. at the time when I was growing up, there wasn't really much professional options for females in the footy world. Um, I was really just, to be fair, I, I don't think I ever took my foot off, off the gas just because I was, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really have much plans for the future with football. I was just so presently living everything and enjoying every moment of it um especially because like there was always goals to hit you know and i think i think that's what like kept me motivated like when i was 17 i made it to the region team through the odp process and you know that's something that i hadn't planned you know i hadn't foreseen it was just like all right i'm gonna do odp and then i just like i don't know i just kept on going i, I just always like said, okay, what else can I do? You know, like, what else is this going to bring me? What doors am I going to open? You know, what's it going to unlock? That was kind of just like my, my perspective with footy. And I mean, that's I had a plan to play in college and then I was going to see where it took me from there. And that's so interesting that you say that because you, you, you said something really important that you did what you did to keep yourself motivated. And now not a lot of players have that ability to just motivate themselves. Because trust mm -hmm. me, I know how it is. You know how it is. Like sometimes it's you're working, 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 but you're not seeing any rewards from it. And it gets oh, so yeah. frustrating. So oh, frustrating. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I just want for the people listening, what mm -hmm. things did you do to motivate yourself? Like you achieved a goal already. What 
process went through your mind to be like, okay, I'm going to do this next? To be fair, um, I just, I loved seeing how my body just got better all the time and how my skills just improved, you know, just like as a human being, I loved bettering myself, you know, it's like, this body is capable of so much if I do, you know, the right things. So my motivation, I guess, came from just literally wanting to be better. And that goes back to what my parents instilled in me, you know, but also, I don't know, new challenges. The motivation is like, all right, what other challenge am I going to overcome? Like, I guess it was more of an, I don't want to say ego, but at that age and at that point, that's what it is. You know, it's, it's just the ego wanting more and more and more, wanting more success, wanting to be better, wanting to feel that feeling of, yes, I did it, you know? Um, but now obviously it's different. Now it's, it's more, all right, I want to be the best on my team because I want to perform because it's my job. And now I want to, I want to see what else can come from, you know, performing on the football pitch. That's so interesting that those words is like, you go from a teenager to an adult. Obviously, you mature during that time. Yeah, and hopefully. <laughs> as, as a teenager, it's all, you know, it's ego, like you said. It's all, yeah. I just want to be the best. I want to be better than you. I want to be able to be better in all aspects. But now as an yeah. adult, you know, everything shifts to, I need to perform. It's my job. Mm-hmm. I need to show up every single day. I mm-hmm. need to be consistent. Exactly. I need, to, I need to let everybody know that I'm here for business. Exactly. Right? Different mindset. Exactly. Different mindset. So how did you make that transition now from, you know, playing because you love it. You play because you love it. Exactly. To now being a professional. What, what, uh, what was the biggest transition or jump that you feel that you learned during that time? Going mm-hmm. from like, uh, you know, teenager or amateur player to professional player. What would you say was the biggest challenge? I would say completely changing the lifestyle that I lead. When you're, when your job is to play a sport, you're not a normal person, you know, (laughs) in the aspect of like, if you're fully, fully in is my perspective. Okay. Um, so when I decided that I wanted to play pro, I completely changed everything. I filtered what I would see, what I would, Okay, I filtered what I would consume in the sense of social media, for example, what I would watch. Um, I filtered who like I would be around. I filtered what I would eat, what like the practices that I took, like my morning routine, everything. Everything just became centered around the fact that I want to play a sport professionally. So everything that I did was yeah, essentially centered around that, you know, like when I wake up, like the morning routine, the affirmations, the stretching, the cold showers, everything, then like what I eat, I'm constantly trying to wrap my head around, what can I get better at? Or like, how can I improve for football in what is happening at the moment? I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> it makes complete sense. I understand it. And I think that's, that's amazing. It, it takes a certain level of discipline, like yeah, a, a high, high level of discipline to manage yourself in, in such manners you know because I, I totally agree with you if you guys you know for the people listening you want to play a professional sport everybody wants to be a professional yeah every single body and and that walks the field wants to be a professional mm-hmm. but they don't know what goes on off the field and oh yeah everybody just heard you say it and i think it's <laughs> they need to hear it 
they need to hear. It comes back to you set yourself goals uh-huh. and now you're working to achieve them. And now exactly. I, I see you're, I realized from this short conversation so far that you're a goal setter. Some people are just natural yes. motiv- uh, motivators of themselves. Some people just mm-hmm. whatever comes their way, I'm just going to be ready. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so interesting. That's interesting. After, you know, let's go back to when you're 17, 18, you, you make the ODP team, uh, the region team, and then you said you went to college, right? Correct. What college did you go to? I first committed to FAU, and then I walked on to the Barry female soccer team. How was that process, just walking on? So you weren't recruited? Uh, by the Barry coach, I was, but I had originally committed to FAU. Okay. And, um, and I did something not smart. I, the summer before, so it was, it was kind of awesome. Right before summer started, my team won state champion. So it was like a beautiful way to close like my, you know, football career as a, as a youngin. And then I started working. I devoted all of my time, exactly how I did for football, devoting all my time and all my passion for football. I did that, but with, with a job, a sales job that just, it was again, the ego thing. It was, uh, it was a sales job that I was really good at. And uh, I just devoted all my time to that, made a lot of money. And then I started training for preseason way too, I, I, way too late. Um, I started training, I think, like two or three weeks before preseason started uh, because I got way too confident in my abilities. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be okay with how, with all the training that I've done, you know, all my abilities. And then I go to do the first week of preseason. And it's just so, I was so out of shape. It was so awful that the coach honestly was like, look, you can keep your scholarship, but unfortunately we're going to have to cut you from the team. Um, You're not going to, he said that I went from being a starter on his book to essentially this happening. And honestly, that was the biggest, I'm so grateful that happened, but that was like the biggest shock of my life. You know what I mean? It was like a huge wake up call, huge, huge wake up call. And um, thankfully the coach at Barry university Denise Brawley, she gave me an opportunity. I called her up and I'm like, I told her what happened and I asked if I could walk onto the team and she thankfully, like I'm so grateful for her. Um, she opened her arms and she allowed me to come on a day before preseason started. Mm-hmm. So I did the second preseason and then I, I played there my freshman year and then, and then I left. I left and I finished my career, my university career at FIU, but I didn't play college soccer anymore. I um, played on the on the club team, you know, FIU club. Yes, yes. So when you say it was a wake up call, in what way was it a wake up call? Like obviously you didn't come prepared. You got a little bit too confident mm-hmm. going into preseason. A hundred percent. What exactly was going through your mind when you were listening to those words that you went from starter to getting cut from the team? Like you fucked up, Aleja. Excuse my language. <laughs> So like, like, that's, that's how you, that's how you talk to yourself. Sometimes, you yourself yeah. Accountable. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that's so interesting. A lot of people need to learn how to hold themselves accountable, mm-hmm. you know, cause in our minds, we're our best friend. Mm-hmm. We're the ones that, you know, can be our own motivators. We can be our own mm-hmm. coach. We can be hard as hell on ourselves, but it all depends how you respond to it. Mm-hmm. So even though, even though this negative situation uh, scenario mm-hmm. happened to you, mm-hmm. you were able to work your resources and mm-hmm. go back into, into playing. 
Exactly. Thankfully. Ex what would have you have done if that wouldn't have happened? I'm curious to know. Honestly, I feel like I would have tried to tried to walk on somewhere else because that if soccer was all I knew, you know, when I was working in the summer, I was like contemplating playing with the idea of quitting, but I was like, no, you know, this is what I've done my whole life. This is what I know. This is, I guess I identified with the sport, you know, I like I soccer player was my identity always growing up. You know, I was always a soccer player. I was, I was always literally, that was just me. You'd ask anybody, I have soccer. And, um, and yeah, I think at the time I would have tried to walk on somewhere else. Had, had, that situation not happened, you know? Had I not had the little angel on my, sh on my side. Your, your season at Barry, how was that jump from playing, you know, at a high school level, um, club level, to now playing college? How was that transition for you? It was, it was interesting because in college, when you're an athlete, it's your whole life. The sport is your life. Everything you do is, is, is the sport. So you go to class, then you have training or then you have training before and then you have study hall and then you have to go to bed early because you have training again in the morning. You know, everything is around the sport. You really, your life is the sport that you play in college. So did you ever feel during that time? Cause I know in college and at professional level, you know, not everything's the sport, everything is soccer, everything's taking care of your body that you were missing out on other parts of your life. Did I ever feel like that? Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, like normal, you know, when you're a freshman, you just want to explore, you know, that college life and you have the sport, which is kind of holding you accountable for being responsible in a sense, you know? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, but I feel like when I was able to, I had a pretty nice balance, you know, Good. I had like the social aspect as well. So after after you we uh, played at Barry, you went over to FIU, played club. Mm -hmm. What happened after that? Well, I played club. I was playing with the girls' team, and I was also playing with the guys' team, which was really cool. But I wasn't, like, playing games. I was just training. But, yeah, I just continued playing, and I continued playing IM. Like, I never stopped. Um, I played intramural as well. And um, when I graduated, I played on FC Surge, which is a semi-professional football team in South Florida. And I was like, okay, I still kind of got it, you know, like, because playing club is, is not the same level as playing a semi-professional. And I was like, okay, so I decided to give it a shot. And I started like really getting into training and like, there were some girls on the FC Surge team, which are still in college. So they obviously had to train for preseason. So out of the practice dates that we played, um, that we practiced with the search team, we would also do like fitness on, on our own so that they could prepare for, you know, their fitness tests and all of that. And I really didn't have anything locked in. I didn't even have an agent back then. I was just like, all right, I'm going to play pro. I'm going to train to play pro. And like, I'm a big believer of, you know, your thoughts become things. So like, I always constantly said, I'm going to play pro. The opportunity is going to come. I'm going to play pro. I just... I trained with that in mind, you know, um, nothing set really in stone. And essentially, shortly after, my brother introduced me to his agent, which also became my agent. And, you know, that's when the ball started rolling, like a matter of six months. And during that time, were you, you know, working your contacts, trying to see where you could go, what you could do? A little bit. You could play. 
because it sounds like you were preparing for an opportunity that didn't exist yet. Exactly. And that's exactly. I think that's so important as soccer players, as athletes, as anything that you do in life. I think it's so important that you prepare yourself for any opportunity that, that might come. So it's not, mm-hmm. not necessarily it's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month. It could happen a year from now. Mm-hmm. But during that time, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. Uh, you know, exactly. Emotionally, physically, financially, oh, yeah. anything. Oh, yeah. So during that time, you were working your contacts. You were trying to see where to go. Were you always preparing mm-hmm. no matter what, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now you got introduced to uh, the agent of your brother mm-hmm. and the ball started rolling. Mm-hmm. Now you, you felt like everything was clicking into place. Slowly but surely, yes. Okay. I met him in August. Um, did, that change, is- did that change the way you approach training? Uh, the, yeah. It, no, mm. Or your lifestyle, did it change somehow? You're like, oh man, now I have an opportunity set. I'm probably yeah. going to go to sleep two hours earlier now or something. Did something change in your life? So... I'll tell you something. So I almost made the same mistake again, where I started working same style job, sales job, and I started being really good at it. And I started getting a little bit far from, uh, from training. But then once I met him, I was like, this is life telling you to not make the same mistake twice, you know? And then it clicked and I was just like, all right, I'm going to go all in. I remember I worked in this job for like a month and a half or something like that. And then I literally, I quit and I started just, every single like i i kid you not every day i had at least two training sessions everything was planned out you know my meals the protein counts you know what i was gonna visualize you know what i was gonna listen to podcast videos books everything it was just like so my whole life revolved around that one tryout and um and yeah uh essentially from like october to December I was training like crazy like crazy crazy and I was also playing with Florida soccer soldiers uh I don't know if you know this team it's uh I think a semi-professional men's team as well yeah and which Marcos Rano from Wingman Sports he's my agent he's the one that was able to set that up and and yeah then I landed the tryout and then I came abroad in January and here we are amazing amazing so obviously you prepared yeah. You literally pinpoint every single detail of your life. And I think, yeah. like I said, like I mentioned before, that level of discipline requires so much. I don't even know. Skill. I don't know what you want to call it, but it requires so much dedication, commitment. And yeah, I don't know com- what other words you can, you can think of. You know what I mean? Consistency. So now you, consistency, being yeah. persistent and, and all the above. So now yeah. come January. You travel yep. over to, to, to Europe. Spain was your first destination? Uh, um, yeah. The day that you had to travel, you wake up. What's going through your mind? I got to finish packing. <laughs> <laughs> I finished packing like an hour before my flight. Like, I'm always like that. <laughs> uh, but I was like, all right, this is happening. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm leaving my parents behind i'm leaving my dog behind i'm leaving my my life behind and i'm starting something new you know like yeah and that transition is always difficult but it's too much about it yeah 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 i just i didn't 
add too much drama to the situation, you know, I, is, I don't know. Like if I start getting all like, oh my God, I'm leaving this behind and like, like attaching too much emotion to it. I don't think I would have done it. You know, I just, hmm. I don't know. I just didn't think about it. I was just like, all right, this is what I got to do. So I'm going to do right. it. You just said something very important. You, you detach the emotional part of it. How, how do you do that? Like how does Aleha detach the emotion out of such big decisions? <laughs> to be fair, because I was raised that way. My father literally always said, when you speak, remove emotion and use logic. And I just applied that to all aspects of my life. Sometimes it works and sometimes it's not. It works against my favor, you know? Mm-hmm. But in situations like this, it works out a lot. And when you landed in Spain, how was your first training session? Your first interaction mm-hmm. and your new life? Because you're still going to try out, yeah? For a trial? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But as soon as I, I, I like walked into the president's office, it was like, we signed all the paperwork and everything. So it was like, yeah, I was trying out, but at the same time, like I was given the uniform already. I was, it was like, I basically had already made the team, but obviously when I, when I arrived, they were going through video. So I finished the paperwork and then I sat in with the team. And as soon as everything was done, I remember the captain, Carla, she was just so friendly and so outgoing. And she just like, wrapped her arm around me she's like she's like parce because i'm colombian <laughs> it's like parce que mas you know and just i just started talking and i was like heck yeah you know like i fed off her energy and i'm pretty outgoing too so i like gave it back and and everybody just i don't know it was like a very smooth transition i think it was just because of the person that i am i'm very outgoing and like i don't i'm not shy to make friends you know what i mean or to meet new people or to talk to new people and the session was was good i thankfully i wasn't too jet lagged because i my flights were at night and i i got so lucky i had three seats both flights both connecting flights from miami to madrid and madrid to canaries so i passed out so i was kind of refreshed um but man i remember the first ball i received and everything it was like a possession game i remember like bringing it down with my chest and like opening to another opening like my body and taking it somewhere else with my chest and i was like yes you know, like that first ball, like that first impression that you got to make. And it, like, it came out clean. And I was just like, so happy. I was like, yes. You know, you're telling and yourself, good job. Good job. Aleha. Literally, literally, once I made it, I was like, good shit. Aleha. You know, yeah, self-talk is super important. I know that there's been moments where, you know, I do something good and I'm like, you're a fucking you know, yeah, you're a fucking beast. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a fucking beast. And then there's moments you, you mess up and you're like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, it's like, you're you're not get how to it pass Yeah, exactly. So I think self-talk is super important. That's awesome yeah. to hear. That's awesome to hear. And now you've been there since January. Yeah. So we, I was able to train for like a month and some change. I wasn't able to play because of uh, paperwork reasons, because uh, of the visa. And... Um, but but yeah i was just training with them i was training and then the whole corona thing happened and we transitioned to training every day via zoom it was awesome honestly and and yeah now we start preseason august 10th so in like two three weeks okay. two weeks uh, for the next season yeah exactly okay and yeah how do, you, how do you seven. feel how do you feel now going into that new season what steps are you going to take to prepare same steps that I took that got me here, you know, literally same thing. Like I, I, last week I started with my morning routines again, waking up, stretching affirmations, this, that, everything. 
and it feels good you know i'm like finally you know back into back into what i know is when i arrived and the whole quarantine happened i kind of strayed away from it a little bit and i think i think that's super important like i think the hard part is figuring it out you know your routine or what works for you because everybody's mm-hmm. totally different but once you exactly. figure it out you can maybe get away from it for a second but when it's mm-hmm. time to get it back pop into it like this oh yeah you know oh, that's yeah. awesome that's awesome are you excited for the new season oh yeah you have no idea you're itching to get back on the field competitively huh? Oof. and compete oh yeah pretty badass players that they recruited this year like right. national team players players from first division players from national yeah from we have player a player from coming from the Argentine national team a player that's played on the uh Spain national team a player that FIFA nominated her or awarded her like best player of the year in her category of 2019 like we got some quality this year so I'm excited love it, love it. and that's exciting being around other quality players oh yeah it pushes I'm, you I'm a big fan in other podcast interviews we've talked about being in a competitive environment being in an environment where you know not only pushes you but helps you grow you know cuz there there's it's such a combination of personalities when you're in in a team mm-hmm. you can have you know the asshole captain here and you can yeah. have your best teammate friend but this mm-hmm. one helps you grow just as much as the other and exactly no, it's, definitely it's how you can adjust to it how you respond to it which is the most important thing that a lot of players that uh, are young seem to lack you know it's still, it's a it's a learning process for them it is it comes from experience you know exactly. from like being experiencing all of that the asshole the friend the this the that you know exactly so aleha just to wrap things up i i like to ask a couple questions always at the end of the podcast and just see what what your answers are so aleha number 1 what is your definition of being a winner <laughs> Good question. Um my definition of being a winner is is doing things right and feeling fulfilled, you know? What do you mean by that? Like in what way? So doing things right and being fulfilled is subjective because everybody's different, you know, but um take what you and your goals are and kind of decide what steps are the right steps to take uh in order to get there to what you whatever you want to achieve and then that whole process itself should be something that fills you that you feel that you feel like you are doing things right <laughs> that that process right there should be the the thing that makes you feel like i don't know like that you have a purpose worthy you know Yeah. So I, I understand. I completely understand. My next question is what three things would you recommend to follow or do reach let's say your level of uh mindset. Cuz you're very goal driven. You motivate <laughs> yeah. yourself. So what what three things or or you know maybe a small list of things that you think has helped you that could help potentially other players, other people. So three things I would say really really filter like social media is a huge thing nowadays right and we mindlessly go on it and just really be aware of what you feed yourself you know what i mean like like i said i cut off social media i cut off like the people well yeah just filter that i 
um, also have like, um, I would say like, like an, some type of role model, somebody that you look up to that you can watch videos of to feel inspired, even when you're down, like mine was Kobe Bryant. Um, he has like the Mamba series, I think it is. And I would every single day watch a video of it. You know, it's like one's for mindset, one's for being a better teammate, one's for this and vision board, I have a vision board, you know, and put it in your room, take a picture of it, have it uh, on your phone, like something that's constantly just reminding you what your, what your purpose is, because it's so easy to feel like we can get lost in, in the day to day, so much stimulus and things are going on that it's so easy to just fall off path, you know, so those okay. three things. Love it. And my last question for you, what advice would you give a 13 year old Alejandro? Whoa, be careful with boyfriends. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. What advice would I give 13-year-old Aleja? Yeah, just be careful with the relationships that you have in your life, whether it be friends, boyfriends, any type of relationships, because they can have a lot of influence on you. Just as easily as I can detach emotion, I can feel a lot. And that can sometimes clap, pull my head, my logic, and that's not the best. So just... Be careful with who you surround yourself with and you let into your space. That's really good advice, eh? Yeah, Especially man. At, at, a, at a young age, I think it's it's important to surround yourself with the right people. But we don't think... Oh, yeah. At, at teenager, no. we don't care. Now we're just like, I want to feel good and fun yeah, and included. Yeah, exactly. Which is normal. Yeah, it's totally normal. Well, Leha, thank you so much for your time. It's thank been an honor so listening to your story. It's a super interesting story. Thank um, you. And then for everybody listening, thank you for joining in. Remember, this is the Winner Circle by Grande Sports Training. If you guys haven't subscribed yet, subscribe now. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you so much. Until the next one.